0: so you can make your creative dreams possible. Go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level to learn more and enroll now. Enrollments are open for only a short time. So please, if you're interested and you're ready to take your interiors to the next level, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level.
1: I can stay within this home achieve what I want to achieve, uh, transform it in a way that always seems to reflect a new part of me that I never thought would be there. So I think this home for me has represented that new transformation.
0: Welcome to Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. I'm Natalie Walton, an interior designer, stylist, and best-selling author, focused on and holistic approach to homes. Each week, I'm sharing insights and interviews about the creative process to help you enhance both your interiors and well-being, as well as provide you with the tools and resources to make considered and sustainable choices with all that you create. Hello everyone, welcome to Imprint. I'm very excited to have a return guest with you today. Her name is Katsuri Ren or Kaz Ren. Some of you will know her through Instagram. She goes by the Instagram handle Kaz Ren. And I wanted to pick up because over the past couple of years, she has been renovating a home in country, New South Wales, and she has had to be incredibly resourceful. She's got a beautiful aesthetic. I love her take on the way that she approaches her projects, and she's just a great storyteller. So if you enjoyed our last conversation, and many of you did, I know that you um, have shared that with me. And even if you're meeting for the first time, you're still going to get so much out of this. It's really a great motivator in terms of you know if you're struggling to to keep going with your project if you're renovating your own home if you want to feel inspired again then this episode is for you and i hope you enjoy hearing more from kaz as much as what i did so enjoy our conversation Hi, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast, Kaz, um, I because I saw recently that you shared about your latest home project, and I was just so excited to learn more about what you've done since we last met, because the last time we were in conversation, you were in the Blue Mountains and had just literally sold that house. I think it was even maybe that week. And we're about to move to Sydney. And then all of a sudden you were in this place called Cooler, which for anyone who lives in another part of the world or who is perhaps out of New South Wales, it's about seven hours Southwest from where I live in Byron Bay. And it's about four and a half hours from Sydney. So I'd love to pick up where we left off. If anyone hasn't listened to the first episode, you might want to start there. I will put a link in the show notes. Or you can just pick up where we are right now. And um, so, Kaz, let's pick up where we left off. We were literally um, in your home having a chat. And as I said, you were just about to leave the Blue Mountains. Maybe you could share the decision behind letting go of that home because you really had put your heart and soul into that place. And then why did you decide to move to Cooler?
1: Yeah, wow. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me back on uh, to your amazing podcast. That's a real privilege. Um, I, uh, well, at the time that we spoke last, you came to, to, call, uh, to um, Lura, and that was just amazing that you drove <laughs> all the way and, and had the opportunity to see such a beautiful home. I, I loved it so much. I had a great affection for it because it had all the elements that I think I was sort of maturing in my design ideas and and I I used that project as a way to you know challenge myself particularly when it came to colors and um when it came to structure and form and what a home is all about so I was really proud of of that house but when I spoke to you last there was a lot of things I couldn't actually say to you because I was leaving many things. And one of the big uh, changes in my life was not just leaving my marriage, but I was leaving a religion. And uh, I couldn't really talk about that because I still hadn't been excommunicated uh, after we spoke, it, it took a few months, but I then wrote a letter to the, the church that I was leaving and I then got shunned. So I was in a situation where I lost my home. Well, I lost it because we sold it because I was getting a divorce. And that was a big, uh, it was it was a, not, not, not only a big change, but it really hurt. And um, it was a very sad time. But I am so grateful that I had great friends and great support and I also met someone who um, later on became my my partner um, and uh, Kate and so together we decided to go on a new adventure and that's how I ended up in Cooler, because she lived out here in regional New South Wales and I thought well let me go and see if I can I can make that my life and so i was looking for a a home to buy and this came on on the market actually it had been on the market for quite a while but because of the drought uh bushfires mouse plague everything that you can throw at regional new south Wales uh happened and so this house was on the market for a while and that was great for me because i I was able to then um uh, buy it at a price that i could afford And it was just such a beautiful home. It was a bit daunting for me because I'd never heard of Kula. And I remember telling Kate, let's go and turn up at the local pub and see how people receive us. Because after all, we were a a gay couple. I was of an ethnic background. And uh, that could be really scary. I was actually, I'd always been apprehensive about moving to country New South Wales or any country. Uh, countryside um, outside of the major cities because I was afraid of 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 that uh, of of a bad reception. So we we started to go to the pub and started to play pool and start to have conversations with the locals. And I realized this is this is a great place. People are really friendly, and whether whether or not they uh, accepted our our life or not, they kept it to themselves and, um, just made us feel at home. So when I walked into this particular house, I thought, this is a home that had lots of love in it. It was a home that had a whole life, 40 years had been spent by the couple who had it. They had created, um, a parkland out in the front of the house with 40 different varieties of roses. And uh, he was a blacksmith, so the back shed was just his creative uh, hub, and she was a local librarian. And you can just tell that this was a place where there was happy memories. And I thought, well, I'm ready to create some brand-new, fresh memories and a new life, a new community, a new me. Um, and, and so that's how I ended up in Kula
0: wow that's such a great story and in relation to Cooler, can you share a little more about this place we have people listening from all over the world and as you mentioned it's in country new south wales perhaps you could share you know what do most people do who live there can you paint a little bit of a picture of the town itself and i guess the style of homes and the architecture of the homes yeah just paint a picture um, because I know that you're a good storyteller. Yeah. I have
1: a friend here in Kula uh, who has a, an expression to try and explain where Kula is, and she says Kula um, is sort of in uh, in the middle of nowhere but at the centre of everything. And um, geographically, that's that fits Kula very well because... Two hours uh, north of Kula is Tamworth, um, an hour south is Mudgee. Then you've got Merwar on, on you know, on the um, uh, the eastern side. And on the western side, you're heading towards Victoria. So travelers who are traveling between Queensland and Victoria uh, tend to go through Kula. And when they're trying to find a route, they go, right, uh, what's this town, never heard of it, but let's just go off, you know, the normal path and, and visit this town. So I find that there is so many travelers that go through this town. Some have been here many times and some have no idea where, where they are. Um, in terms of uh, what uh, the architecture and the homes and the styling I think it's important to know that this was an agricultural town that was settled in the 1800s, and uh, in in the early 1900s they, they had a, a train line built, which unfortunately and sadly was then um, uh, no longer in use. I think after 1920, but uh, one of cooler's uh, one of the coolest grandest homes I would say is Cooler uh, Creek, which. Um, is owned and run by the Arnott family, uh, and that's Arnott's biscuit. biscuits. So they they have quite a a, a legacy here in Kula and uh, I heard that when they had the train line, they were able to then bring uh, all the um, um, you know construction uh, tools and uh, everything needed for the the build on the train, and then take it off to to Kula Creek, which is this beautiful. Um, almost like a 1920s um, uh, 30s mansion that's surrounded by gorgeous gardens so that's about 20 minutes outside of cooler town and you'd find that there's quite a few homes around the town itself that might take between you know 10 minutes to half an hour to get to it that are just homesteads beautiful big homesteads on cattle farms and sheep farms because this is an agricultural town. Within the town, you you had the people that were working on these homesteads, and that's where they set base. Um, and you could also have, like, you know, professionals like doctors and lawyers, uh, uh, you know, setting base there. Uh, you had the press club and and um, uh, the, the, the shops, you know, the grocery stores started to get built and the pharmacy and the the hardware store and the pubs. Every good country town has at least two pubs. So Kula has a top pub um, and a bottom pub, and and it has a hospital. But what I find really interesting is you've got um, quite a few homes that are built, like this one is in, in the early 1900s, so 1910, and they're very, you know, weatherboard, the typical uh, regional country home fashion of, you know, tin roofs. Um uh, weatherboard um uh, walls and uh, at least two or three fireplaces within the home um and also typical of that era very cold <laughs> so uh, you you get get those homes and then you do get some newer buildings um as time has gone on people have got sick of being cold and they've created brick buildings and more modern um uh, architecture but I would say that m- predominantly this is a town that hasn't seen a lot of construction for a while and it's really you know these older homes that are scattered throughout what I love about Kula is that you have these wide streets and everybody all like most people in this town keep such a, a nice neat yard Mowing your lawn is a big deal, you know. If you don't mow your lawn, people are like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're not keeping up with with the um expectations. So everyone has nice tidy yards, um, clean facades to their home. And yes, some some homes, you know, are in disrepair, but people are very house proud and uh they do with what little they have to create their home. So I find that really special. And in these wide uh, streets, you've got beautiful trees that line either side. And at this time, um, with this weather, it's even more gorgeous because the leaves are just scattered everywhere and creates uh, such a picturesque scene. So, yeah, it's it's a beautiful town Um, and it's not, you know, rich like a lot of I wouldn't say a lot, but it's not, uh, you know, incredibly wealthy. But at the same time, this is an example where wealth is not needed to actually say, hey, I'm proud of where I belong. I'm going to live in a beautiful surrounding and everyone's going to roll up their sleeves and try their best to make this a beautiful town. So I've um yeah, I've I really enjoyed being involved with the community as well to achieve some of those goals and um to continue maintaining the
0: the town. So that's been quite exciting. Oh, it sounds so good. I hope that I get to visit w- it one day. So tell me a little bit then about what was the goal for this house. I mean, did you buy it thinking it was gonna be your permanent home or is it a stepping stone home? Are you still commuting to Sydney? Last time we spoke, you were still working as a lawyer. Are you working remotely? I mean, I know so many people are doing that these days. Can you shine a little bit of a light on what your plan is with this home? Because I think that has such a big impact on how you approach the decoration and how much work and time and money you put into it as well. I think I'd like to go back Um a track a little
1: bit and, and go back to, to the beginning. I remember when I was celebrating my birthday in uh, uh, 2020. And so this was literally the first time that I was celebrating my birthday, because it wasn't something I could do in my previous uh, religion. And um, I had a photographer friend with me at that time. And she knew how special this was. I was celebrating my 40th uh, we were in Sri Lanka and uh, she wrote me a letter and I wanted to read this because a lot of it seemed to be very much fulfilled uh, as time went on and um, it, it, it was, it's just perfect. So she said to me that she felt like uh, I was uh, starting a new sequel to my story rather than a, a new chapter. And she said this sequel is going to be filled with um, escapades to far-flung places falling in love with strangers, late night music jams, business ventures, selling homes, settling into new ones. There will be challenges, but there will also be wild, free, outrageously exciting adventure. Collect stories and, do, uh, and don't do anything I wouldn't do. This is loving and living. Don't hold back. Um, and I, I, I was reading this only recently and I thought, wow, that's exactly what I feel has happened in my life since 2020. I definitely have not held back. And I have had to challenge myself, particularly when it comes to the lifestyle I want to live. And when it comes to the lifestyle, we spend most of our life trying to earn an income, trying to to survive, pay the mortgage, pay bills. And therefore, we have to have a job. And I've, I have had an amazing career as a lawyer, but I had to make a choice. Do I live in the cities with a big mortgage but have the job, you know, the job that will uh, bring me the the great income to be able to afford it? Or do I go and move to the country, completely change my lifestyle, change how I spend money, and uh, have a way of making an income that allowed me to work from home so moving to Kula meant that i had to really uh, find a way to be self-sufficient and also have a home that's set up in a way that i can you know take uh, tick off the boxes that i really wanted to and there were two things i wanted to have a a beautiful, simple country life, and I needed it, particularly since life had been so hectic for me. Um, I needed uh, to make sure that I had a job, I had money coming in, Um, but I also needed to make sure that this home was able to help me with my creative projects. And, And I realized that I couldn't just spend my entire life being a lawyer I had to be more than a lawyer, and and, and that's where uh, my new life and uh, lifestyles changed so that I can be creative. I can have creative friends and um, pursue creative projects. So when we came to this home, um, it it had a maroon, you know, Um, weather boat on the outside and you know the colors were all uh, reflective of you know what you would have in the 80s you had salmon pink and um, you had carpet throughout the house and uh, I didn't have a lot of money so uh, you know as I was saying before by changing my life meant that I also had I didn't have the resources that I had before back in Lura. I can very easily go and buy all the brands, you know, Astro Walker and, you know, all the all the top brands that you'd have in a home that just is beautiful, but for me, it wasn't affordable. And the other problem that I had was finding um, labor, like finding tradies to come and work on this house. A massive challenge when you're out in the country because oftentimes they will say, we're booked out for six months. We're booked out for a whole year, uh, or they'll add to the price in such an exorbitant way because they have to come an hour uh, to come to cooler. So, um, I had those challenges, um and I also had the challenge of trying to um, run my own business, my my legal law firm um, and uh, continue consulting. Uh, and so, um, I just found myself being really, really blessed by a couple of things. And one is um, having Kate in my life because Kate has just been such a great help. She is so capable and talented when it comes to getting hands on. Back back with my last projects, I can rely on other people. You know, we can I used to have Tom, you know, my um, ex's brother. He was the builder. And there was always someone who we could pay to do the tiling, do this, do that. We didn't have that luxury here. So Kate and I had to get very hands-on. We needed to rip carpets out using our hands and then take every single staple that's on, on that floorboard. And I can tell you that... Is uh, a, a task and a half because just when you think you've got every single staple out, you're walking and ouch! There it is. Uh, like how the heck did that staple get there? I don't know who stapled the um, the underlay uh, in these homes, but they went crazy. So uh, the, there were lots of things that we were doing using our own, um, you know, our own skills, turning into YouTube. And one of the big jobs that we did was paint, fresh white paint. Uh, And that just changed everything because you just suddenly felt calm. I felt like I could breathe, (laughs) breathe out again because I wasn't, um, I didn't feel like I had um, clutter or I had, um, you know, other darkness and, I really wanted light in this house and that's another problem you have with old homes it's dark and it's cold so we painted it white we got a um, a spray gun which Kate became incredibly great at doing and then we met a guy called Handbag Um, his name's um, not Handbag it's actually Jeff (laughs) but um, there's many stories as to how he got his name but Handbag is this retired guy from a local town. He is quite a character, you know, he turns up with with thongs on and a cigarette in one hand and um, you know, a circular saw in the other. And I was like, okay, I don't even, I don't even know how this is gonna go, but I've got to trust this guy. And we've just had an amazing working relationship now for the last two years because if if it wasn't for handbag, I don't think i could one afford to do what we've done um and two he was also a type of guy who just said to me all right what do you want me to do and i'll draw it on a piece of paper for him he'll look at it and he goes "Ah, mm -mm." and uh, he takes a little bit of time but he always gets it done um and he he's so complimentary he always goes oh you girls you girls know what you're doing. And um, so it doesn't matter what idea I, I had, um, he would be more than happy to, to to do it. And one of the ideas I had that really challenged him was to create um, a range hood cover uh, using plywood. And he had never done that before, like many things that I was getting him to do, but it, it took him quite a few hours to just even work out how how he's going to do it and he was doing it wrong and he's swearing and and so i'd bring up a youtube clip and say well look at how these people (laughs) did it um and and so anyway we he eventually was able to build a beautiful range hood cover uh it looked great uh we yeah loved it so like that this home has just kept transforming every time uh, and this is another challenge sometimes when you're working on an old home and you're living in it you can get distracted by the everyday life and you just you don't have the energy or the will sometimes to pick up a paintbrush so what i started to do to um kate's uh, <laughs> unhappiness sometimes would be hey let's have a workshop or you know i'll create um a reason for us to uh, have at least five jobs done. So we invited um Angela uh Palmero, um, she's a, a chef, um, and we invited her to do a, a cooking class and there was also Nadine, she's a florist. Um and we had them come and do workshops here. And this house, I remember when Angela came, she came to prep for the workshop And we hadn't even set up our kitchen island yet. It was still in the shed, and we had to bring it over. And the floors hadn't yet been finished. And she just went, oh, my God. I Girls, I don't even know how you're going to be ready for tomorrow. So she left for the day. She came back uh, the next day, and she was just stunned because we worked so hard that night to to uh, paint the kitchen floors which we did it in a checkerboard style so (laughs) we decided uh that we would be a bit more um out there and we brought in this beautiful long kitchen island that we got from someone's um shed in marrickville and it was all set up And, and no the house wasn't ready but the kitchen was and that's all that mattered for that workshop and so um the same with Nadine um she she came as well and and we had set things up. So I'd always create um, a reason by inviting people over by having projects, by continuing to do things in this house because that's that's my goal for this home to make this a hub uh, of creativity to have artists come and stay to have Talented people like Angela and Nadine come to workshops. And the people of Kula, I mean, my main goal is to have the locals come to these workshops because that's not something that they're always, um, you know, they're not open or they don't have the opportunity, really. So, and also I very randomly, when I meet someone on the street in Kula, and I know they're not a local, you know, there could be anyone like from Sydney and I, I strike up a conversation. The next moment I'm inviting them over. So we've had strangers come here and have dinner. We've had great conversations. Um, so this has really been a, a hub of activity from the very beginning, whether we've been ready or not. And what's what's been really exciting is two weeks ago we had Country Style magazine come. Um, with uh, bridget Arnold as the uh, as the photographer, and um, she came uh, with stylist, uh, and they took photos. And I'm really happy to say that uh, this home is going to be in the magazine, um, uh, that it will be released
0: on the twentieth um, uh, of June. That's exciting, and I love that you set these deadlines. I am a big believer in setting deadlines. Tell me, with these workshops that you've done so far, are those people Sydney-based originally? And then who came to the workshop? Has it been locals? You know, who's attended? It's interesting. Um, for all the workshops
1: we've had, uh, they've been sold out within a day or two, and mainly by locals that live in this town there have been some that have come from maji which is like the uh, the city for us you know it's it's the big smoke and it's the fancy people and um they have uh, um also yeah been attending these workshops i had someone from kula um uh, say to me once oh isn't it amazing that we have now an event where people from maji come to kula as opposed to the other way around so I've never had a problem with selling the tickets and with people attending. Um, I have now had the courage to do my own workshop. So this Saturday will be the first uh, Sri Lankan cooking workshop that I will be, um, hosting myself. Um, and it's all, Fantastic. yeah, it's mainly cooler locals coming, uh, with uh, a couple from Maji um and uh, it's going to be fun yeah it's it's just going to be all about food and Sri Lanka and spices that you know Kate and I went to uh, um, Flemington um, a week ago and we just bought everything you know the extra hot chili (laughs) and uh, the the the, um, the curry leaves all the ingredients that you can't really get at the local IGA so we'll make it very very special
0: just quickly if you're new to me in the podcast i have four books that i've created for you to help break down the biggest lessons i've learned over the past 15 years working in the interiors industry the first this is home has more than a thousand five star reviews on amazon and has almost a perfect score and more than five years since its release continues to be a bestseller for interior and home design on amazon I share this because I've put thousands of hours into creating all of my books. I put my heart and soul into each one to help you on your journey to creating a home that's beautiful and authentic and makes you feel good. Every time you step through the front door, this is home is part of a trilogy that includes still the slow home and style, the art of creating a beautiful home. So I encourage you to check them out if you haven't already. And Home by the Sea, my fourth book, includes my own home and is all about loving where you live. I hope you find them valuable and they help you on your journey. You can buy them on Amazon or support your local bookseller. Now back to the show. You've touched on this idea of really having to work within a budget, and that was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because I love the fact that, you know, and you shared this on your Instagram feed, that you are both doing all the work and you can see that you're kind of getting in there and doing it yourself and having many late night sessions, painting and all the things. And I just think it's such a great example of you, how you shouldn't let your budget or available money hold you back in terms of creating a home and creating a really beautiful one at that. So can you just share how you've worked within your budget? You've already mentioned paint and how transformative paint is, but, are there any other ways that you've had to kind of get really clever with your budget?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I have been able to collaborate with some great brands, um, including Falcon, uh, given the uh, the Instagram account that I have and the, the audience that I have. Um, I was able to say to them, you know, can we can we have a sort of partnership here? And so. Um, they were able to to give me an oven, a beautiful uh, induction oven, um, at a, an incredibly good price, which I could afford then. Uh, because if it, if it wasn't for that, there's no way that I'm affording um, you know such a, a grand item in the kitchen. And um, the uh, and and so there there have been other brands like that that even Murabon paints. Oh, it's a relationship i've had since the last house in lura so they've really wanted to be part of this project so having people be part of the project really really helped the other thing that we've done is try to do obviously a lot of the work ourselves and uh, when it comes to painting a home a lot of the work is prep work you know it's um, taking the time to chisel away and uh, gap fill I think that we bought every single gap filling, you know, <laughs> product there was from the local hardware store, uh, and uh, so much so that the the guys from the hardware store were like, "Are you guys eating this?" Um, so, <laughs> it yeah, our old home has many many holes to fill. So we we definitely um, saved money from being able to do to, do that. And we've also taken our time. That's really important uh, because you can't you can't do a home in six months if you don't have the budget to do it. You just you know you just need to focus on one room at a time or one project at a time. And the other way that I've also really saved money is getting on marketplace and looking, you know, searching for for. items that I really um, needed and one of the for example one of the items that we bought was a front fence you know we've got this beautiful big picket fence that uh, we were able to source from someone who had taken it from the old schoolhouse in Mudgee so it had a bit of history and it was much cheaper Um, and yeah we do need to fix it up a lot and and paint over it and so forth but it's those things that really make a difference because um, to to fence just your front yard could be thousands of dollars. You think, how does that happen? You know, it's just a couple of pickets, but it just adds up. And sometimes that's that's not a kind of expense that we could we could spend. So there's a lot of items in the house that I have obtained via marketplace, and I've been really fortunate to have seen it and then got in my car and driven hours to go and get it. <laughs> but um, it's, it's really, really made a difference. And there were times when I became so fatigued and um, maybe even um, a little bit down um, during the build where I thought, you know, I, I can't see the end of the road here or I just don't have the energy for it. And during those times, I'll then hire um, some people in town to help. And there's the, this young uh, person called Rhiannon. She um, has become a friend now, but uh, she would come and help with the painting. And she would just do an excellent job. She would just get it done. And I think sometimes when you when it's your own project, you can be very uh, restrained or hesitant or... Um, it could be a little thing that stops you from starting. And for me, sometimes I just think the idea of opening up a paint bucket and finding uh, my drill kit to, to mix the paint is enough of a barrier for me not to want to do that. But to have someone else come in and go, oh, yep, yep, where's the paints? Where's, where's the drill? Let me mix it and just get it done. I just feel like, oh, my God, that that room looks great. <laughs> and. I needed you know, and, and I have told and that her coming to assist me, um yes, we had to spend the money, but in return, what I got was uh, mental uh support and encouragement, which you know you can really get uh deprived of it can it can go out like money does out of the bank account. Um, so does the energy that you have with for a, for a build. So there's, there's a, we don't really talk about budgeting for our emotional um, senses and um, uh, emotional energy. That, that's something I think that needs to be talked about more and how we, how we address that and how we cope with with doing a
0: renovation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, I have to share with the listeners that at the moment where you're sitting, there is a ceiling and part of the wall has been painted in a beautiful mustard colour. You've used colour in a really beautiful way and quite a different way to last time as well. So can you talk about, you know, what has inspired your use of colour in this home?
1: I'm glad you asked that because I'm very excited about colour. And um, a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have been my first project was uh, a house we built in in Lura, and it was a Hamptons home. You know that was that was the um, inspiration. So everything was you know, white and um, very toned down colors, and and that in itself is beautiful because you come. You know it's calming to come to a home with with sort of toned down natural uh, colors. The next house I did start to experiment more with color. Uh, but still, uh, a lot of it was um, quite toned down and it was still very beautiful look to look at, but not challenging in, you know, in the way that I have tried to challenge myself with this build. And so I decided that I would do, for example, door frames, a very dark grey um, to highlight the white French doors. And... I have gone for white in many rooms only because you need a lot of light in, in a dark house. Uh, so that that was fine. But then I decided um, I fell in love with this color that we call the cooler color uh, that uh, Murabont paints have, have put together and i I basically wherever I have an opportunity to paint a wall with that cooler color, it's like a mustard color uh, I do it, and one of um I guess the uh, challenging uh or the ways I challenge myself is i I took the ceilings, which are quite high, and I painted the tin on the ceiling um this mirror, this um you know mustard color and i continued painting it up till about three or four panels of weatherboard uh, on the walls so that it just felt like it was a, a cap on every of on every room and it made the room cozier um and warmer so that's that's one way that i i definitely use color The other way that I brought in color was uh, to bring in wallpaper, and that was that was a big challenge for me because wallpaper is a different era. Uh, It's not something that uh, has been very popular over the years, particularly here in this country. But I would turn my attention to a lot of the English designers and um, interior designers and stylists. and I just loved it. I loved how they were able to um, lean towards the arts and craft era where you had, you know, Morris and Co. And uh, lean towards creating a room that was about being a collector of items, being um, someone who's all about craft and uh, someone who believed in patterns and textiles of different uh, um Uh, types just working together and I think we get so scared about trying to put things together so I went to Annandale wallpaper um, and uh, I was looking through the volumes and volumes of wallpaper that they had doing my brain in it is really hard to pick wallpaper (laughs) I didn't go crazy I just did it on on a feature wall and I, I wanted to see it From the kitchen, which we we put in window uh, a window in the kitchen to create sort of like an internal divider, and I love uh, you know the idea of looking into another room from another room, you know, and windows do that, so i put in this beautiful window just above um the kitchen sink which is when i say kitchen sink it is a a kitchen sink and a half it's quite massive and from there you can see the wall where this wallpaper is it was a bit uh interesting actually um because we had no idea how to put up wallpaper we had uh, initially thought we'll call a friend who's done it before and then we thought, you know what? Let's give it a go. So Kate, of course, she's she's the one with all the skills. Um, she was like, "Yep, I'll get my hands dirty here." We went and got the the wallpaper paste, and uh, we spent all night using, um, you know, the um, the leveler that you have with the it. Uh, what do you, what do you call it? It has sort of a little beam that comes out. Of it um, we used that to be able to straighten the wallpaper up and stick it on, and then we, it just looked great. I, I loved it. And it was a, a Morrison Co. wallpaper. So that is my uh, nod towards the arts and craft era um, back back in England. And then on one of the walls, I created paneling where I then painted it using the cooler colors. So there is a lot of color. Happening in the home, um, it still is not in the the same vein as you know R- Rita Koenig, <laughs> um, uh, lounge room, but it's getting there, and I'm looking forward to creating more layers, uh, more more depth with not just colors but structure and form, and really making this feel like an artist's home. That's that's always been my goal with this place to create. Not make not not only make it a hub, but make it feel like it's just full of creativity and um, pockets of, uh, I guess, spaces to sit down and read and enjoy the surrounds and enjoy the sun. So uh, I've I've done that with color, and I I remember back in Lura when you came, one of the bedrooms I turned the books. Uh, on that were on the bookshelf um, the other way around where the spine was um, <laughs> facing the other way so that I could tone down the color from the books just to make it aesthetically pleasing. And, you know, I knew my books. I, I knew like, okay, that that's catcher in the rye. Um, but <laughs> this time I decided that I was going to be true to my books. <laughs> And let there be be seen. And so we have a floor to ceiling bookshelf that was um built by Jeff handbag around our fireplace um, in the dining room. And it's full of books, full of colour, lots of color everywhere. So um no, it's uh, it's great. I lo- I love that space.
0: Yeah, and I'm presuming it's the cooler colour that you used on the floor in the kitchen a hundred percent which mentioned earlier on you know we'll have to, definitely have to share photos because um it's really amazing what you've created with the space and actually that mustard color reminds me of my last time in sydney i actually had a ceiling that i painted a really similar color it was actually in antique gold so it had a beautiful patina as well and i always think that you can get creative with ceilings it's not you know it's in your face as a floor to ceiling wall so now I really would love to know more about the photographic prints that you are looking to do as part of a series. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, that, that
1: um, is a project that I had an idea about a few years ago, just before my, my whole life sort of fell apart. And um, I had reached out to a photographer friend of mine and I said, hey, do you want to uh, you know, be part of this project? She she then said to me, "Look, I'm I'm happy to 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 do the photography, um, and you can just pay me for that. But you can take take the project and and give it wings. Because of COVID and life, I wasn't able to do anything about that project. Um, it was inspired by the artworks of Hammershoy, who's a Danish painter, and later on a lot of photographers in in um, europe and scandinavia have also kind of used that hammershoy principle of the solitary figure in an interior space um, to create interesting portraits of people that um, you know would have different weird items that are placed on them to almost create a girl in girl with the pearl earring look you know in an interior space so what I did with my friend uh, and another makeup artist friend is we went to uh, Tiraga, to the Argal Inn, which has these beautiful interiors, very reminiscent of a bygone era. And we had this uh, model that looked like the girl, you know, with pearl, pearl earring. And I had some Ellery outfits uh, that were quite elaborate and dark and moody and I got some lace from um, the markets at Glebe, and we just created this shoot um, that that ended up being absolutely beautiful, and I've had, like, 10 of these different prints. So I decided that I was going to print two of them to see what it would turn out like, Um, and they're beautiful. So my goal now is um, to slowly print out... uh, you know the prints as time goes on in the next couple of months and to now make it available to to everybody you know and say yep, yeah, you can have this on on your wall as well because they look gorgeous it's a um, it's definitely um uh, it it looks like a painting a pre-raphaelite type painting but it, it's a photograph so yeah i'm
0: excited to launch that Yeah, it's really beautiful from what I saw. So I look forward to seeing what you do with that. Now, before we wrap up, I would love to get some reflections from you, you know, just in terms of the journey that you've been on since we last met and what this home has meant for you. You know, where are you at in your life right now in terms of, you know, how you feel about yourself and where you're at in your journey?
1: Um. This home has been um, a way for me to center myself. Um, That might sound, um, you know, so general and um, uh, kind of, uh, you know, being centered is sort of where everyone wants to get at, but I, I do feel like the physical requirements of this home and the challenges that I've had to go through, the mental requirements, and uh, where I've pushed myself to has, in a way, made me uh, feel at peace. And it makes me feel like I know who I am, um, you know, in my 40s, which is, um, I think there's a lot of women who turn 40 and suddenly they just don't want to accept what society requires of them and what you've been born and bred with to believe and, and this is where I'm, I'm doing it and I feel really happy doing it here because I can uh, really limit the, the sort of disruptions I have you know, I don't have to get in a car and get in traffic and go to this place and go to that place I can stay within this home Achieve what I want to achieve, uh, transform it um, in a way that always seems to reflect um, a new part of me that I never thought would be there. So, I think this home for me has represented that new transformation, and and the answer to the questions that I've had in my thirties. You know, could I do this? Um, Is it possible? And um, while I'm not doing it alone, uh, it's made me feel very independent. It's made me feel like I am capable of so many possibilities. And I don't, um, you know, I traded in my uh, Jeep Rubicon (laughs) for uh, an old Hilux. And in many ways, I feel like, that in itself is a representation of how my life has transformed. I've gone from the big Rubicon um, fancy, you know, uh, with all the mod cons, to a very sort of practical, but fun way <laughs> to to get around life and, and to be able to, um, you know, move things around. So yeah, that's what this home's been to me. And in terms of where I'm at and where I want to go from here, I would, I would say that um, I feel like I'm just entering this, um, this phase in my life where I can start to just settle down and, and be able to breathe in and breathe out and really tap into uh, ways that I can make every moment count you know i think that back in my 20s and 30s even you don't think about time and age and what do we do with our life but i've been reading a lot more of mary oliver for example and you know she she talks about what are we going to do with this great grand beautiful life that we have and so that's that's what i feel my life now is all about just doing things that i thought i couldn't do Feeling calm and peace and happiness, finding friendships and um, building on friendships that I've, you know, that I have found in the last couple of years that have got me through the really hard times and really enjoying the little things in life. Like, you know, it's raining now in Kula, which is fantastic because I would never have thought this before. Like, when I hear rain now, I think, My garden's going to love it. You know, it's going to be great for the birds and for the worms and for the creatures and for the roses. And that's the kind of life and thoughts that I want to be processing um, in my everyday existence, um, a real connection to my surrounds and the natural world, which is not something that I think uh, I've been consciously doing. In the
0: past. So beautiful. Kaz, thank you so much for sharing, you know, this next chapter or the sequel to your story. And um, I really appreciate your sharing. I really think that people are going to get so much um, encouragement, you know, to pursue their truth and the life that is is meaningful to them. And I always love hearing, you know, from you about what you're up to and how you approach your homes and your life, because I think it's really you know, it's not only inspirable, inspiring, but it's accessible. And I just love your approach, how you get so many people involved and you always have this really strong sense of community around you. So thank you for once again being on the podcast. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed this. All of the links and info for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can get a direct download of the latest episode. And I really appreciate when you take a minute to rate and review, as well as share the love with someone you know who might benefit from this episode, or on social media. If you'd like to access a range of free resources, come visit my website, nataliewalton.com. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast. And I would also like to acknowledge the people of the Bundjalung Nation, where it was recorded, and pay my respects to Elders past, present, and emerging. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprint.